0: Sports Daily with Tanaga Mundwa and Itumeleng Banda, Monday to Friday, 6
1: to 9am. So yeah, let's get into the money matters of football. Yeah, On the phone line with us, we have football agent Paul Mitchell. We want to get into a conversation regarding young football players Yeah, and what they should know. Uh, financially at least before turning professional like what comes with actually moving from just playing at home or possibly in some academy rank somewhere to then turning professional and playing for the bigger teams here in the dstv premiership we'll we'll kind of be having this conversation in parallel with what's happening out in europe as well to some extent although it being very different but let's say hello paul good morning how are you doing good morning good morning and uh, good morning to the listeners thank you so much for joining us appreciate your time no problem thanks for having me all right so there's so many ways to to kill this cow yeah, uh, around this conversation about young football players, but maybe let's start at the very beginning, when you are transitioning from academy to becoming a professional football player, or potentially however you were scouted into that professional footballing structure. Typically, what will happen around a young football player at that time?
0: Um, look, I'm, I think um, going from the junior ranks into the professional ranks for any, any young boys can be quite daunting in many ways. But from a financial aspect, what you generally find, especially in South Africa, is that contracts are structured in a way based around performance. So, you know, you you will find most of the clubs here don't really put youngsters onto onto heavy money or to big money initially um, and and build that around their performances. So, for example, you know, um, performance related to, say, to a player... You know, we're bringing you into the first team squad. We're going to give you this as a basic salary. On your first appearance at the first team level, you will go on to this. After five appearances, it goes to this. And it goes like that up to a level. And then generally, once it gets to that level, maybe around 20 games, then generally you are looking to to renegotiate a contract because the player's bedded in and um, et cetera. So from a financial point of view, it's not always, um, you know, where there's, big money placed immediately but there are times when that can happen as well so you know it has to be managed accordingly
1: Yeah, I'm curious what role the uh, DSTV Disky Challenge has had in terms of how we're negotiating contracts for younger players because they have a lot more visibility now like these players are coming into teams where already they're well known Uh, we're talking about what they've done the DSTV Premiership fans have been waiting for them there's some marketability around the young players name already has that changed the landscape of, of contracts at all?
0: I'm not sure if it's changed the landscape of contracts, but I think where you've got to be careful with the D- the D S T V disc is that you know it's quite a jump from 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 that level up into the into the PSL. So just purely on a football space, you know. Um, that there's a massive jump there and I think because it's on TV and it is a marvellous product, don't get me wrong, but I think it's because it's on TV and it's got some razzmatazz around it, I think that's where as an agency and as a football club, you've got to be careful when players are transitioning through, especially into the sort of PSL first team set up because I think the jump is massive and I don't think there's anything in between and therefore sometimes, you know, a lot of young players can't make that transition. Um, from a financial, from a contractual point of view, um, to be honest, I don't think it's really made a big difference on contracts, um, you know, in terms of because you've done well at D- DDC, it automatically means you're going to get a better contract at first team level um, because you must remember that, you know, you can watch a DDC game on a Saturday morning and 50, 60 percent of them players are playing under-19 football, you know. So if you understand the dynamics of the DDC, then yeah. you, you, can see, you can see, you know, where I'm coming from. Contractually, do
1: we believe that there is enough transparency when it comes to the contracts that these players get from an an amateur level? Should I say?
0: Um, It's a win. In in what respect do you mean by that?
1: So, in terms of like their their salaries, what the base price of is there like a specific base as to how much? Players can be paid. Um, Let's say you're playing amateur, so you can't get less than five thousand rand because it has to be from five thousand rand, and probably you can't go over ten thousand rand. Is all of that disclosed in their contracts for the players to understand as to what their contracts really entail?
0: Yeah, I mean, all contracts entail what a player will receive from a financial perspective. In the amateur ranks, it's 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 slightly different, but it's 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 also there as well to let a player know you're an amateur. I mean, an amateur player can sign a contract for no longer than a year. And then obviously within that, if he's got expenses, if he's got some kind of of, of, of financial uh, reward, then that will be detailed in any contract.
1: Yeah, of course. And I mean, uh, for these players, I can imagine wide-eyed yeah, going into the big leagues of uh, football here in South Africa, into the DSTV Premiership. At that point, a, a player will, will be willing to sign for, at least most players that I can imagine, would will be willing to sign any type of contract. Right. Typically, what is the length of a contract for a player coming out of, you know, the amateurs, uh, the academy setup into a professional leagues? Two years?
0: Yeah. It depends. It depends mm. because it's, it all depends on, on, on how the club value that player. Uh, because obviously, from a club's perspective, clubs are always safeguarding not to lose a player. early. Yeah. You know, so generally you would look at something like a two-year with maybe a two-year option. Um, you know, special players could sign longer. You could you could you could see a, a special player signing a, a maybe a three year with a two year option, or a four year with a one year option. So it all depends on on how the the club are valuing that player and rating that player. And and obviously, I'll be quite honest in in, in this day and age now, clubs are are very wary about um, the players getting pinched, so yeah. to speak, by other clubs. So they safeguard against that.
1: This is a league, typically, that, and it's at least my assessment. We've had many conversations about it on the show. That doesn't value young players. You know, um, it's often more senior players are trusted in the squad and even into the national setup as well. I'm sure you've, you're quite familiar with the conversations we have around bringing in younger players into the setup and and coach Hugo Bros's position on that. What are your, fee- how does it look on a, in terms of rewarding young players with the bigger contracts? Are, are young players getting big contracts early? This, of course, after that initial period and, and all the deliverables that they have to to achieve on their side. Are they then walking into some of the bigger fees? We hear the 100,000, the 150,000 packages, or is there still that sense of not yet old enough for this type of money? Where are we at with that?
0: Yeah, not really. You're not seeing them sort of, that, you know, too much of them values being thrown around. But it all depends on the pathway that the young player has been on. You know, um, if, if it's a young player that's come through an academy system and goes into the first team, then definitely at the majority of clubs you'll you'll get a structured uh, performance-related contract up to a certain level. And and, and we've had we've had players that, that have started their careers uh, like that and then gone on to. The bigger levels once they've had many sort of first team appearances and have achieved, you know, we we've had instances where another young player's done really well at, at DDC level and under seventeen national team, under twenty national team, and um, maybe gone a different pathway, mate, where he's maybe gone somewhere else to then revert back, and then when he's reverted back because he's been somewhere else and he's got that experience, he could command a higher a higher salary. So it's quite diverse, but in general, as I say. Most uh, mostly cl- clubs are quite responsible in the fact that they, they will start players on on a, on a lower band and then build it up. I think where you've got to be careful, though, from a club perspective is that, you know, you can't be exploiting young players as well. So, you know, as an agency, we, we, we know the levels where you need to be and, and how it should be structured so that a young player doesn't have his, his head blown by money. But at the same time, young players can't be exploited
1: I mean, our bigger clubs in the past have said that um, financial education was something that want, they want to be introduced into the club systems. Do we see that gradually happening across the league?
0: Um, I think it's something that's been talked about for, for years. Um, I think maybe at some of the bigger clubs they might do, they might do some of that. Uh, but I be really honest, uh, I don't think there's enough gets, you know gets done in that area. Obviously, as an agency, we're very responsible in that area. So we have people on hand, you know. whether it's from a taxation point of view, whether it's pensions, whether it's buying a house, whatever it may be. We have people that our clients can turn to if needed and if, that, if they want to do that. Um, I think clubs can probably do more. But, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I, I do know that the some clubs do have certain things that they will express to the players, but I, I think there's always more that can be done.
1: Yeah, and of course, the, the bigger you get as a star in local football and, and football across, the more deals you get, right? You're not only getting your stream of income anymore from the club, but possibly sponsorships as well. Uh, what then would you advise younger players to do in terms of how to manage their money and all the streams that they're getting in uh, into the bank accounts?
0: Look, I think, to be brutally honest, in terms of commercial uh, sort of, uh, deals in South Africa the few and far between even at the top level of players you know uh, commercial deals in terms of players in, in SA is not on the same scale as probably rugby yeah. and it's not on the same scale as Europe um, but all we can do as an agency and, and what we do as an agency is is we guide we advise you know but you can't take the horse to the water and make it drink so ultimately you know in, in, any, in any industry you know it's, it's that person's responsibility to do what they feel fit with their money, but what we can do is, like I say, is just to advise them and guide them to the right people. But ultimately, we can't, we, you know, we can't handle the money and we can't make them do with their money if there's some, you know, they don't want to do that.
1: Absolutely agreed. Uh, let's just quickly have this conversation here, Paul, uh, as we wrap things up. I mean, we always get this question. And I suppose it's only because this is what football has become. We've always been aware of transfer fees and how much players are going for and who the most expensive player in the world is. That isn't the case uh, here on the continent, uh, particularly here in South Africa. Uh, Why aren't transfer fees disclosed typically? Is is it just the culture of things or is there another reason?
0: No, no, I don't think there's any any, 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 any particular reason. I think sometimes you get transfer fees are disclosed, but there's a lot of deals in South Africa, maybe 80% of deals. 90% of deals in South Africa are with no transfer fee, you know, so that's probably why. um, When there is transfer fees, yeah, sometimes it gets disclosed, but I think it's a cultural thing. Um, But like I say, there's not not a a, a huge amount of, of transfers getting done with an actual transfer fee attached. So that's probably the main reason.
1: Oh, well, all right. Uh, Paul, I think we're much wiser for this conversation. Thank you so much for coming on. We really do appreciate your time. Thank you for the good work you continue to do, yeah? You're always on the show, and I I really appreciate that.
0: No problem, thank you for having me.
1: Cheerio. There's a football agent there, Paul Mitchell on the phone line with us, uh, talking us through what young players need to know uh, before turning professional, yeah? So we kind of asked him around that transition period, what contracts look like, and, and can young players get big deals? And I think that's problematic for me. It is the fact that you will always be on a scale yeah? in terms of what you should be getting as per your age and not on your talent, on a talent basis. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, why can't I be 18 and get 200000 Catch Sports
0: Daily every Monday to Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. <laughs>